This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. Snitch line edition. What? Ooh, we don't just have games to talk about today. We do have one. But there's probably other more important things to get into. You know what I'm saying, Alex? Just the game was it, it was what it was last night, but there's Daniel House, we're gonna we gotta break it all down. We gotta we gotta update the people because a lot came out yesterday. A lot came out and I'm still kind of confused about what's there's no clear answer on what's going on. Yeah, uh, this storyline I think is definitively more interesting than the game that uh, that took place last night. But uh, we'll, we'll get into both. Yeah, let's start with the game. Um, Lakers beat the Rockets last night, one ten, one hundred. They take a three one lead. Uh, not wholly indicative of how dominant the Lakers were for basically forty five minutes of the game 43 i mean the rockets made a little run at the end it i don't think they really ever had a shot but this it looked, I, like, it looked like it was gonna be one of the great like one of the all-time bloodbaths and then in playoff history at one point like it, it the the rockets body language was so bad for most of the game i i didn't think i thought they were gonna lose by 50 it really did look that way uh even in the third quarter and then the Lakers had one of the worst stretches I've ever personally seen. Um, from so I think like the the four minute mark to the two minute mark was like legitimately like wreck ball, and uh, it looked like it was kind of like getting out of hand. Like the Lakers might blow this thing, and then Alex Caruso hit a dagger. Um, they looked horrible for as good as they looked the first three quarters, and most of the fourth they looked they just fell asleep. They fell asleep completely in that stretch. Yeah, and I wonder. Otherwise, yeah, I otherwise wonder, it would have been 20 points. Yeah, 20. I mean, it should have been like it should have been like literally until that stretch it should have been 40 points. Like yeah. I, I, there was points in the game where I was just like this is like a firing game. This is one of those games where the team just looks like they gave up. Um like if they would have played like that in an elimination game, that's the type of game where it's like all right, D'Antoni's gone. Cuz there's been rumor, rumors about him moving going somewhere else or whatever. So if this would have been the elimination game, I mean, it might be like that. I don't see it getting much better for them next game. Um, but I mean, look at the numbers. So the they only won by 10, but think about this. Uh, the Rockets took 20, 39 free throws. So that's pretty much what kept them in it. Harden took 20. Mm-hmm. But they got outscored 62 to 24 in the points in the paint. The Rockets had two fast break points the whole game. Uh, off of 16 turnovers. It's not like the Lakers were taking care of the ball particularly well. They weren't awful, but they had 16 turnovers. The Rockets only scored two fast-break points. 
uh, the Rockets only had three second chance points and were out rebounded 52 26. And the Rockets looked like the Lakers only ended up with 12 offensive rebounds. It looked like they had 30. Danny Green, Rondo, they were they were getting offensive rebounds left and right. It just looked like, for the most part, it just looked like the Rockets. They looked like in the third quarter of this game, they were like, all right, well, we, we had a good run. Like the experiment was cool for a while. And uh, this is it. You know, we're, we're good. Doesn't it look like they've completely pivoted from the experiment in the past two games? That's what I can't wrap my mind around. What do you and mean? I know the Lakers defense is great, but why 33 point attempts last game and 33 tonight? Well, I, I, I credit that to the Lakers defense. Um, because what's stark. happening. So, so here's, so here's what's happening is they, they went small. So you got to credit Frank Vogel. Cause first of all, I, I've never been overly impressed with Frank Vogel as a coach. I thought he was just like a safe hire when they hired him. Um, good, probably pretty good defensive. He's just never been anything like, even when they hired him, I was just like, oh, it's a weird hire. It just doesn't, doesn't, didn't seem to move the needle. Um, he benched. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. They didn't play. He puts Markeith Morris into the starting lineup. They do that, um, as Stan Van Gundy kind of explained in the game, to be able to double James Harden and have guys in the game who are better at, who can rotate quicker and who also can play out on the perimeter defensively. But what happens when you double Harden and he has to get rid of the ball, when they move the ball, Guys have wide open driving lanes. So instead of these, instead of a lot of these ISO threes that they might get, or James Harden creating drive and kicks for open catch and shoot threes, guys are getting decisions to go to the basket because when there's two men on Harden, it's causing the Lakers to do all this rotating and the Rockets are getting more opportunities to drive or take mid range or get in the mid range. It's just not their game. So. More, I, I, I put it more on the Lakers adjusting their defense than the Rockets. Obviously, the Rockets still want to take threes, but Harden only took eleven shots in the game. So that's, I mean, that's a big thing. And he only made two of them. Harden, Harden played bad. I mean, well, they, the but, only they thing that... but they doubled him. I mean, he got twenty free throws, dude. He got to the line twenty times. That's like yeah, but he was two, two, two for eleven from the field. It's right. Bad, but that, bad that, I, that's their defense. That was, I, I mean, I, yes, he didn't shoot the ball well, but they. They were doubling him and hounding him. They were trying to make them get the ball out of his hands. But getting the free throw line twenty times is—that's a skill. I mean, that's yeah, that's crazy. That's impressive. Um, but it, lo- it looks like the series is kind of out of hand now. Oh, it's done. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a bad taste in my mouth after the last two games for the Rockets because the way you were talking about them was getting me excited. Like just in terms of like how cool this whole thing is. I know. And yeah. I mean, I have to think it's a little bit more than just a coaching adjustment by Vogel. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, what, but what, what do you think they just gave up? I mean, the rock, I mean, you gotta, I, I get, you gotta give the credit to the Lakers. I mean, they told, they, they changed. They were the ones who adjusted. You know what I mean? Like they came into the series saying, all right, we're going to play our bigs and we're going to play the way we play. And in the first round of the series, or in the, excuse me, the first round of the playoffs, watching the Lakers, I was like, man, they are, a better team when Anthony Davis is the five. They just are. I mean, and I, I still, I'll never understand this. You know, the report came out a couple games ago where it was like, Anthony Davis is willing to play the five. Like, why is that even a question? 
If your team yeah. is be- if your team is better when you're the five, why is there a question of whether you're willing to do it or not? And what's the difference? There are no positions anymore. You're exactly. playing against you're That's playing a- against a team whose center is six five. Like, why does it even have to be a question if Anthony Davis is willing to play the five? Look at what they did tonight with no with taking their centers out of the rotation. They were dominant for forty five minutes. I mean, it, it. I don't see this. This would have been a sweep probably if they would have gone to this rotation in the first game. They probably needed yeah. that first game to actually, see what they It played needed. out exactly like you said, where the Rockets played their exact game to a T in game one, and the Lakers had to adjust, and they've certainly adjusted. Yeah, it makes... They just don't like oh, yeah. Russell Westbrook with 16 shots again. Like, but he played... Ah. I mean, he actually wasn't bad. I mean, he still made some dumb turnovers, which is just what he does. He always has. He was more efficient scoring the ball, which is probably because he was getting driving lanes. You know, it's just, but that, that's what they want, right? They force the ball out of Harden's hand and they want other guys to have to score. That's, I give it up to Frank Vogel, man. I, and it's hard to adjust once, when they, when you have a guy like Harden who's so dominant offensively and is such a, it's basically, it, he is your offense, so to speak, right? And they do such a good job of game planning and saying, we're taking him out of the game. It's hard to adjust to that because the rest of these guys are just okay. Even Ru- even Russ. I mean, Russ is at this point in his career, he's a good player. He's not what he once was, you know. So maybe, maybe this is a perfect time to segue into one of the guys they're missing. Well, I want to say, yeah. Well, I do want to say, just looking at the Lakers and the Clippers, like looking at the Lakers tonight, it's got to be disheartening for the rest of the West. It's just other than other than Dallas. Who's going to compete with the Lakers and the Clippers for the next two or three years? There just isn't anybody. There, there just isn't. Like the, the rest a of these teams, of it, the rest of these teams are not very good. Compare, I mean, a lot just of it hinges on Michael Porter Jr. For me, that he, he could we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But um, I, even that, I don't know, man. I, I just don't. I, LeBron and AD are so good, and the Clippers are so talented. I just don't see the Dallas is the only one right now. The rest of these teams got to be looking at it like, man, when the Lakers put turn it on, the Rockets had the best defense in the playoffs. And the Lakers were like, all right, let's make one adjustment or two adjustments, and then boom, it's not even a series anymore. They just kill, They just dominated. They shut down the best offensive player in the league. It's crazy. I don't know. And, I mean, and then he, like Vogel puts in Talon Horton Tucker, has never played. He played six games this year. Hasn't played Sounds in the playoffs. Like a- Hasn't played in the playoffs. Had like two steals, knocked down a three, was getting rebounds. I mean, it's just a really, really, I know I I talk a lot about coaches on here, but it's a really nice coaching job by Frank Vogel from a guy who I just have never totally been inspired by as a coach, but he was really, that. that's my biggest thing from this. Yeah, this series is over. Um, It's 3-1. I mean, at least, did you pick the Rockets to cover? I did, and they they seriously almost had a backdoor cover there with how bad the Lakers were playing. They had it down to seven with two minutes left. It was crazy. It's my, yeah, it was minus five. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's talk about Daniel House, uh, man. Okay, so let me read some stuff that came out yesterday. So he missed game. He's missed the past two games, um, and according to the reports, now there's an investigation into him allowing a female 
COVID-19 tester into his, who came into the hotel, into his room. They asked Ali LaForce about it during the game, and she said that the team is frustrated because they haven't really been given a timeline on the investigation or any real proof that Daniel House was involved. He has, since the beginning, denied any involvement in this. Around 1 p.m. yesterday from The Athletic, it says the NBA has informed involved parties that is that it has circumstantial evidence implicating Daniel House Jr. for his role in a potential improper visit to the Grand Floridian Hotel. And then later they posted an article that says that they conf- The Athletic as well from, vo- from multiple sources. A woman entered the Rockets team hotel Monday night, passing multiple security checkpoints before being flagged for her entry. Sources said she exited the hotel in the early hours of Tuesday morning, and the league cited early data points that implicated two members of the Rockets, House and Tyson Chandler, according to sources. When the woman was questioned by NBA security, she did not implicate House's name and is uncertain whether and it is uncertain whether she remains on the campus. She claimed to have contact with Chandler and another player not named House, according to sources. Again, according to the sources, the Rockets' entire team had to quarantine for a period on Tuesday due to the potential exposure. Those same sources said there appears to be no video connecting House and the woman, and only the flagging of her entering and leaving the hotel and the possibility of a door opening and closing to match those timelines. The NBA is informed involve parties that it is circumstantial evidence. And then the Houston Chronicle is calling it that saying it's based on something they're calling door data. Okay. Love door data, but and this is and that's where we're at right now. I have a question that other I don't than know. other than other than the rumors going around the internet that Daniel House is falling on the sword for James Harden and that it was actually Harden. That is such a good theory. I, I really hope that's the case. And as more comes out, it's going to be incredible. Here's my first question that I don't know if you necessarily have an answer to, but I would assume that one of the COVID-19 testing people would have to be in the bubble this whole time. Like that it would not make any sense for those people to be leaving and re-entering the bubble. Um, So that assumes that this person is not at risk of having COVID-19. Right. And if, if Daniel house is not testing positive, why is he suspended during an ongoing investigation? Like, like if he's not at risk of giving other people on the court COVID-19, then why can't he play as they figure this out? So, and then, uh, so this athletic article doesn't, doesn't say that it was a COVID-19 tester, but I've seen it from other... I, I've seen that from reputable sources, yeah. I wonder if it's that she was tested do they, that she was testing at another hotel or at another site and the fact that she would like if like i don't know how it works so are the people testing the rockets staying in the rockets hotel at all times or within the rockets vicinity so could it have been that she's a tester from somewhere else within the bubble and the fact that they don't know where she's at at literally all times because she's not an nba employee and that she came into the checkpoint with under the guise of hey, I'm a COVID tester, so I can walk in, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably what it is. That's got to be what it is because the thing about the bubble is, as we know, the only people that they know where they're at 24 seven are the players, the teams, the NBA employees. The people that are testing for COVID are not 
NBA employees. Therefore, they cannot track where these people are at at all times. So if she is not staying in that hotel and she is not testing at that hotel, which we'll find out, then yeah, that's what it is. Now, that being said, why does Daniel House and Tyson Chandler know some random COVID tester that's not been the one t- testing them? That's, uh, I mean, what the, what is happening? What if this goes way deeper? And it you know seems that like there's way more. It seems like there's you way know more. You know that hundreds and hundreds of, oh, a couple hundred NBA players um, <laughs> see women frequently on a regular basis in their regular lives. So there had to, like, what if this is the solution to keeping these players happy in the bubble and and there's also i just don't understand so why is tyson chandler not i, I understand that daniel yeah, house make any sense i understand tyson chandler that, was on the bench too he was right he no was, i know they they came yeah. out they said i think he had to like get tested and quarantine for that that period that the rockets quarantined and they found that he was not there was no issue there even though this woman said that she had contact with chandler and didn't have contact with house but also named another player. But they're saying based on the fact of Daniel House's door opening, the the, the door data, that door data, yeah, that's what that, we're with. that there's a chance that they must know more. Yeah, this has this is a cover up of some sort, or or just there's layers here that we don't have, and this could get really fascinating. <laughs> I just but, it's it's weird. Daniel House, he has three kids. He has a girlfriend or a wife. I'm not sure if they're married, but I, I couldn't get a clear answer on the internet. Uh, I, but I know he's in a relationship. So, I mean, dude, this is crazy. Like, imagine if you're Daniel House's, like, I mean, I think his kids are pretty young, but family or whatever, and you're just like, oh, what is what is happening here? Right. And here's what I, I just, if he's not at risk of having COVID-19, I just don't understand why he shouldn't be able to play during the well, ongoing investigation. Well, if he brought someone into the hotel, if he specifically invited someone into the hotel that was not cleared to be there and was not tested beforehand and put everyone at risk, he should be suspended. Right, but he's not guilty yet. And right. so, so and Tyson that's Chandler's... Well, that, so I'm but, saying t- but that's Tyson why... Tyson Chandler doesn't appear to be at risk of having COVID-19. He's allowed to be on the bench. Why... why I, During, that's like, why there's got to be more to it. Like he, yeah. if he, like my my get my thought again, totally speculating because we don't know anything. Is if Daniel House is is guilty of anything, it's that he was the one who probably told her to come into the hotel, and that she maybe was in contact with Tyson Chandler in the hotel, and Tyson Chandler had no idea. Like maybe he was just maybe he was in Daniel House's room. And he didn't know that Daniel House texted some COVID tester to come to his room. And then Tyson Chandler left. I, I don't know. But it seems something where it's like they are maybe investigating why this woman came into the hotel. They must have talked to Tyson Chandler and the woman and maybe figured out, okay, they did see each other. Tyson Chandler is, does not have COVID. And he had no, you know, he was not. The, the mastermind, I guess, so to speak. So he's good. They're probably investigating, did Daniel House invite an unimproved person, an unapproved person into the bubble or into their bubble and potentially risk exposing everyone to COVID? And if so, you cannot let him play. 
And if you did let him play when he did that, you're putting your you're put you're 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 opening up a whole can of worms because then guys, you're opening up the potential that other guys could do it and not be worried about getting in trouble. That's the only, that that's me just totally playing obviously the devil's advocate for the league. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, one thing for me, this story is way too fascinating for the NBA to sweep it under the rug. I think whatever happened is going to come out probably whether it's accurate or not. I don't know, but Reddit is going to have a field day with this. Um, I haven't even looked on Reddit. They probably already are. I think this story has serious legs and we should update it daily on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, here's the thing. By Monday, the Rockets will probably be out. So, I mean, we'll we'll still update it, but it won't matter as much because it looks like that series is over. The thing about the door data or the, the, what they're saying to connect the things. What I don't believe here is that no, that it, I gotta think the snitch line was involved. I don't know if the, I don't know if the league would intentionally not want to release that. The fact that the snitch line was involved for some reason, like that they got a call, someone snitched on him and that's why he got in trouble. So they're using this whole like, oh, we lined up the data points of the doors opening and whatever. But it just seems the whole thing just seems so fishy. Maybe another thing to consider here is if the NBA is like improperly doing surveillance on people, you know what I mean? Like what if these got, what if they got their evidence illegally because they're, They've got cameras somewhere. I don't know. I'm totally speculating right no, now. No, I mean, anything. Like, I think everything's on the table. Yeah. Because like, there's no. Like, you, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, the what Rockets if they don't know. What if the NBA surveillance is so high right now because the, they're seriously in jeopardy of losing so much money if the season craters that they're watching things they shouldn't be watching, you know? Well, no, I, I think. But I think unless I'm mistaken, I think they're it's clear that they are monitoring the players 24 7 everything so right but i mean in terms of video and doors opening and shit like well but i think part of it is that they are monitoring who comes in and out at all times right um man that's such but a the, crazy but, but, like, but the where the disconnect is for me is she made it through multiple checkpoints and then was flagged as not a person who's not supposed right. to be there yeah so how do you even make flagged, it past one checkpoint right well i'm saying like who realized she wasn't supposed to be there who flagged it right they're mm-hmm. saying someone flagged it could that be the snitch line like how did she make it past multiple checkpoints because she's a covid tester she probably showed some type of badge or credential but why was she you know she went in monday night and left tuesday morning why was she going into the hotel monday night if she doesn't stay there like there's all these questions but the but the key point to me is she made it past multiple checkpoints before she was flagged. Mm-hmm. Who flagged her? Was it door data or did somebody realize, oh, this person is in the hotel and shouldn't be here? Ring, ring, ring. I have no problem with that. I think ring, ring, lines. ring. <laughs> um, this is Markeith Morris. Joey has a pretend phone up snitch, to his ear right now. Snitch us. line. Yeah, I have, a, I have a pretend phone. Snitch line. Mr. Silver. This is Markeith. This is Alex Caruso. Uh, you think it goes directly to Adam Silver? That would be hilarious. He just, he just has a red, he just has a phone in his, his office. Little bubble hotel room, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Dwight ha- ring ring. This is Dwight Howard. I'm just assuming something bad's going on. You might want to check in on Daniel House. <laughs> I I do think snitch line is too harsh because this is like dudes with families and I don't know. This snitch isn't line. snitching. If somebody's snitch bringing line. people in that could ruin the whole league, are you snitching or protecting the I mean, league? You just, you know? Technically, you're still snitching. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I guess I'm I'm not mad at it. More mm-hmm. than anything, I just want to know who it is because I think it's Me funny. Too. Uh, all right. Well, we'll keep you guys updated. I mean, I'm not even sure if anything we said made any sense because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me right now, but we'll see. Um, all right. We got two games tonight, Friday night, heading into the weekend. Clippers, Nuggets, Clippers minus eight. Did you hear the Michael Porter thing? Are you up on this Michael Porter Jr. thing? No, I don't think so. What's the latest? All right. Let's, I'm going to play this for you. So after the game, he was asked about. Um, getting more, whether, you know, getting more involved in the offense. And this was, um, this is what he said. I mean, that's really up to the play calls. It's really up to the coaches who they want to put the, put the ball in whose hand. Um, we kept going uh, to Yoke and Ma. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's, they're, they're two amazing players. So you can never get mad at that. But I just think uh, to beat that team, we got to get more players involved. We got to move the ball a little bit better. Um, we can't be predictable against that team. Mike, are you at a place, I know it's your rookie year, but are you in a place where you can voice that that concern and that thought to Malone, or do you just kind of just let him uh, dictate? Um, nah, I think, you know, if I'm going to be out there on the floor playing a lot of minutes, I think I should voice that. So I'll probably talk, I'll probably talk to the coaches, you know, just tell them what I see being out there on the floor, just letting them know, look, like, we, they know what we're doing, like, we got to swing the ball. There's, we got a lot of players who can play basketball and score. So we got to get some more guys involved. I saw a blue check mark on Twitter. I forgot which reporter it was who said Michael Porter Jr. fell absolutely mainly fell in the draft because of his injury. But that's not the only reason. And I believe it. This dude, he he, he struck me. I We interviewed him when I was working at CBS a couple times and he just struck me as sort of a dick he also tweeted all that stuff about covid like before this whole thing how he thought it was like yeah that was crazy you know i don't know how that that was like uh population control or whatever um he's getting crushed damian lillard went at him for this um he's getting crushed for being an idiot i mean for he should and let me be clear the issue to me right or wrong just going public with his exactly. with these thoughts as a rookie. And you didn't see it because the, I didn't play the video for you, but like throughout the whole time, he's like eating his food. He has his head down. He's not really like engaged in the press conference, which is fine. They just lost. I get it. But like, he just seemed like an asshole. Yeah. That going to the public like that, like if he goes to his coach and expresses that there's no issue, none at all. Maybe it's just a, like a, a discussion and it's, it doesn't go so great for him, whatever, but going to the media where now where outlets in Denver can have a field day with this. I don't know if there are, dude, you're in, you're in the spotlight right now, brother. Like this isn't like a, a random one-off game and the, the local media, the ones covering it. Like you got all NBA point guard on Twitter saying he was selfish and calling him out. You got other, I mean, tons of people calling him out, but Lillard was the one who got the most attention, obviously, because it's Lillard. But a lot of players were tweeting about it, like shaking my head, you know, that old, like the whatever, the SMH. But like, um, he doesn't have the right to go to the coaches. 
dude you've he's done nothing i mean he is going to be really good in the future but i i disagree I, I don't think he has like in the playoffs when you have first of all look jamal murray's like became like the nba's darling in these playoffs and you kind of shitted on him and Jokic. like it was like a backhanded like they're great players but we need more involvement when their bread and butter all year has been jamal murray and nikola Jokic, you know going you know playing in that two-man game and, and then other getting other guys involved through that uh michael porter jr should be really good he has a chance to be a great player a great offensive player in the nba but um this would be really concerning to me if i'm denver just for how this can something like this when you're down where are they down now two one three one Right, they're down three one. Three one. Yep. Um, how this can impact your dynamic? Like, I think they're gonna get. I think they're gonna get fucking rolled in this game I do too. And, and and I think, I mean, I thought they were gonna lose anyway, but I was gonna pick the Nuggets to cover minus eight because I thought maybe they would play tough and just you know seasons on the line, whatever. I don't think it's just because of Michael Porter Jr., but it just seems like things are not right now in that locker room. For him to come out publicly and say that, I know he's a young guy and whatever, but it was so stupid. Uh, one additional thing, you know, he is a great offensive player, but he's been absolutely dog shit on defense. Yeah, so, terrible. like, that's like he's like one of the reasons they're in trouble in this series. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a young player. Nobody's saying he has to be great on defense yet, but like, no, that they go, is they like go, a red flag. Yeah, they go right at him when he comes in. Yeah, so I mean that's just a red flag ego wise in thinking the problem is I'm not getting enough shots as opposed to I have to get better defensively this summer. I mean the the um, media got they set him up right. It's a young guy. They asked him the question. He answered it honestly. Mm-hmm. But I I don't I've seen so many young guys navigate a question like that totally. so much better. And he's so clearly I'm, a like, smart yeah. dude. Like. I think he's he he strikes me as one of these guys. You know, they say sometimes guys are too smart for their own good. Um, and he strikes me a little bit as one of those guys where it's like, he he knows best, and he yeah he's just gonna say it. Like you're right, young guys navigate that stuff all the time, especially a guy who's probably been in the spotlight since he was like twelve. I mean, this kid yep. this kid was the number one player in the country for a long time. He's not like this is not new to him. So. What an idiot. Yeah, I'm taking the Clippers minus eight, even though it's a big number. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to pick the Nuggets to cover. I don't think they'll win. I wouldn't be stunned if they won, but uh, I'd love to see some more magic from Jamal Murray. I don't, I doubt it, but I think he's, no, he's, my, he's, uh, he's gassed. Yeah, he's done. I mean, he, he, I was, I told you I was going to pick the Nuggets, but I just don't. Jamal Murray looks out of it. He looked out of it last game. Yeah. Uh, and then the game, the game of games, the NBA championship, the, 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 the NBA championship tomorrow night or tonight Celtics Raptors. So, so Celtics are still minus two. I, I just, I still don't totally understand how these lines get made because it's game seven and the Raptors are the higher seed. And then, I mean, the Celtics are probably the better team, I guess, but I would think it would be like either a pick or Raptors minus one or two. It's sort of weird. Um, yeah. By the way, more sound. Got more sound. Um, 
Jalen Brown, after the game, was asked about Nick Nurse and Tatum, that play, and this is what he said. Mm-hmm. This is what he said. Like I said before, I think it's a lot of emotions. It's very intense um, and things like that. And sometimes things seem, seem, seem to go overboard at times. Let's keep it in check. Let's keep it, let's keep it you know, respectable. And let's keep playing basketball. You know, let's, you know, grown men should be able to control themselves, you know, especially, you know, coaching staff. So let's continue to do what we got to do, play basketball. Let's be ready to fight. That's what I think might happen. I think there's going to be a fight. And I think that's the only thing that can make game seven live up to game six. Because you saw they were, chi- that- they were chirping at each other after the game. He just mm-hmm. called out Nick Nurse. By the so way, wait, I, was he calling out Nick Nurse for the play where he and Kyle Lowry got were drawing at each other? No, it was or the, the play where the one where he was on the floor. It was one where he was, he was on the floor because the question was about okay. the play when he was on the floor. Okay. Um, Whoa. All right. And really, that that quote, that that clip, not the craziest thing ever. I really just played it because I never knew how sensual Jalen Brown's voice was. <laughs> I mean. That guy. I'd be lying if it said it. That didn't also cross my mind. I mean, it's rich. If it's you smooth. didn't see, I mean, I'm. I, he's. He, I mean, he's athletic, good-looking, rich dude. So it's not like he needs help with his voice. But if you never saw him before and you just listened to it, you'd be like, "This guy's got it. This guy's got to be smooth." <laughs> like, man, I, I was listening to it earlier. And I'm like, damn, dude, what, who's he? Who is he? Uh, who's in the media that he's just like? <laughs> who's he talking to? Right? Hold on, let's listen to this again. Yeah. Like I said before, I think it's a lot of emotions. It's very intense um, and things like that. And sometimes things seem, seem seem to go overboard at times. Let's keep it in check. Let's keep it, let's keep it, you know, respectable. And let's keep playing basketball. You know, let's, you know, grown men should be able to control themselves, you know, especially, you know, coaching staff. So let's continue to do what we got to do, play basketball. Let's be ready to fight. Grown men should be able to control themselves. Joey's when you, t- I mean, when bit. you, when you talk like that, how do you expect grown men to control themselves? Yeah, I mean, look, we're in the podcast industry. You know what I mean? Like, a, vo- a voice means something. You know, a good oh, voice and, is. And when you're when you're as deep into the pod game as we are, you know a good, yep. you know a sensual voice when you hear one. Yep. Um. So, just because of that, I'm taking the Celtics to win this game minus two. That I need more Jalen Brown press conferences for the rest of these playoffs. Yes, please. I'm gonna go with the Celtics as well. Ever since, I mean, they dominated game one. And I just think since then, it's been clear to me that they are the better team. You know, the series could be over without an OG and an OB miracle shot. Um, or, I think it'll be a I know, close you game. Keep, you keep bringing up the shot, but I'll, I would also argue that the series could be over if it wasn't for Marcus Smart having 16 points in the fourth quarter of game two. So it could be. You know what I mean? Could it's be. Just like, I'm going Celtics. Yeah. I think they're too. the better team. But. I hope I think this one we were talking about we got a little existential yesterday about talking about things living up to the hype. I think this one lives up to the hype. I think game 7 is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I think um I don't know. It's going to be hard to live up to game 6 cuz that was a great game. Um but I also think Celtics Heat is just a cooler series, funner. It's better. I mean, I think the Celtics are a more fun team. Definitely. And I think they have a better shot against the Heat and I think Celtics Lakers Heat Celtics is just such I mean I don't know the last time we had two conference finals like that. Yeah. Maybe ever. I mean it's I mean, been Lake, a long Lakers time. Clippers Celtics yeah. What I say? Yeah. 
You said Lakers, Celtics. But... Oh, yeah, Lakers, Clippers. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. So, yeah, Celtics. Um, let's last, last thing before we uh, wrap it up for the week. The, the last two-minute report came out for the Celtics game, and they said that Kemba got fouled on that drive with four seconds left when it was tied, so he should have gone yeah. to the line. The, the, this, again, this goes back to the, the, like, the league and the officiating and just the, like, the last two-minute report is so stupid. Like, the fact that they release it publicly is so dumb because... It is dumb. My, my, my impression is that the league releases... Cause, so here's the thing. When I was in Memphis, when I was with the Grizzlies, there was no public last two-minute report. That stuff wasn't released publicly, but there was a website where you could go as a team and you could submit as many plays as you wanted to the league and they would tell you, we got this right, we got this wrong. Um, and I, that was part of, that was part of my infinitely, job. Infinitely better system. That was, I mean, I don't know if they said, but that, that was part of my job. Lionel coach Hollins, Lionel Hollins, he hated it. He thought it was the dumbest thing because he was like, well, I don't want to complain about the refs and have them find out that we were the ones complaining. Cause then it's going to go against us next game. But our GM who was a moron at the time was like, let's complain about every call, which we did. And it, it doesn't impact anything. So I guess my point is I think the league went public with the last two-minute report to, like, put public pressure on the refs to get better. But they still mess up every game. Like, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. And all this does is just fire up fans to shit on the league about how bad the officiating is. Right. Like, what does it accomplish to tell Celtics fans, which is really the only people who care about this, that Kemba got fouled? So now if they lose the series, they're going to go back and say, well, remember in game six when Kemba got fouled with four seconds left? When that's not the reason you lost the game, it's part of the reason you lost the game. But it's just so. I don't remember. Was that play reviewed and they got the review wrong as well, or is this know. a, a situation know. where nobody waved their I, finger in the air if it hit me enough? I, I, they must not have reviewed it. it. That would be now that would be. I feel like it was revu- reviewed, but I don't remember. That would be absolutely mind blowing to me if they reviewed it and got it wrong, and then publicly came out and said that they got it wrong. But. Either way, releasing this makes it it does nothing. It does it accomplishes nothing for either team other than firing up the fan bases. The other thing is it's not like officiating or officials are getting worse. It's that we get five, six replays at mm-hmm. 120 frames per second the second after the play happens. Like that's why I'm generally officiating on the side was of the terrible in the 80s and 90s. You just didn't notice it as easily. Officiating's you know always I mean? been bad because yeah, it's impossible. It's so it's like difficult. A, so right, exactly. We we see everything after the fact. But those bang bang plays, it's there's I've look. It's obviously not the same thing. But when when I was at Florida State in the summer, we would have basketball camps, and I would have to ref at them. I it was the worst thing ever. I hated it. Yeah. I had high school kids complaining to me. You know, these kids are, they were nobodies. Most of them sucked. Most of them were terrible. And th- this was like the peak of their basketball career. And they're looking at me like, why am I not blowing the wind? I, I don't know. I'm not a referee. It was the worst thing. It sucked. I can't imagine doing, I mean, these guys get paid well. It's still impossible because think about these guys are giants, <laughs> giant freak athletes. And almost every call could go either way. Yeah. I think you have to be a special breed to do the job, just in terms of like confidence and you mentality. Gotta be, you got to be a weirdo, I think. But um, all right, well, 
that was my last two minutes rant. Uh, that's it for the week. Uh, Alex, Monday's going to be an awesome episode because I'm, pr- I'm confident that by Monday we are going to know both. Well, we'll definitely know the Eastern Conference Finals, and I feel like we pretty much already know the Western Conference Finals, but I think both of those, I think all those series will be done, and Monday we'll be uh, breaking down both series. That'll be a good episode. That's going to be awesome. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend. Take care. Later. <laughs>